You can be seated, because uh, I'm going to talk for a minute before I make you stand back up. I, I know last week we just stayed standing, and we may try and do that in the future, but i got something to say. i got a couple things to say. One, Margaret and I have been married for almost 42 years, and during... Yeah, woman of perseverance. And uh, during, those, uh, during that time, we've been involved in a number of small groups. One of the greatest blessings in our lives. I mean, a lot of our closest and best friends came out of those small groups. And a lot of our growth in the Lord came out of those small groups. And to be very honest, you know... There's not really been any terribly dry seasons in our lives, and I, that's why. Uh, it's because of small groups. You know, in the small groups, you don't uh, just sit there and uh, somebody tell you what's what. You know, you got a question, you, you bring it up. You, you got something to say, you say it. You got, uh, well, I've always, I've always wondered about such a, you get a chance to do it. So I, I really, really encourage you to uh, you know, don't just slough this off. Go, well, yeah, I, I, I'll do that. And, and then secondly, <clears throat> Mario said that uh, he's still got some spaces left in Financial Peace University. I don't know why he has some spaces left in Financial Peace University. Is everybody out of debt? Does everybody have a budget? Does everybody know how to balance a checkbook? Yeah, uh, because if if you... If the answer is no to any of any of those, you can't be happy about that. Uh, and this is really an opportunity to change your life. So if you, uh, you know, if if you if you at all feel like you need that, I, you couldn't have uh, a better leader, a, be a better leaders for that class than Mario and Melanie. And so I, I just want to encourage you to to get involved in that. Now you can stand. And let's read this parable together. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your minna has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your minna has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your minna. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. 
His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mena away and give, him, and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Sir, they said, he already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would quicken our hearts so that we would understand what you want to say to us. They give us ears to hear, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, okay, the first question is, what is a minna? Uh, when I was uh, a little boy, I thought it was what I used to catch crappie with. Yeah, but but uh, it's not. It's a very simple answer. It, it's actually uh, money, and it's actually uh, about three months' wages. So whatever three months' wages would be. Another question is, why did Jesus tell this parable? I mean, he already had told the the, the parable of the, of the talents, which we talked about last week. And boy, this, this, is, this seems so similar um, to, to that one. So why did he do it? Well, first of all, it tells us why he told it. He said uh, the people thought he was getting ready to go to Jerusalem. And the people thought that the kingdom of heaven was going to, uh, was going to appear at once. And so this parable has to do with the kingdom of heaven. Uh, there's more. There's a little more here. He talks about the king and him going off and, and, and him coming back, and we'll get to that uh, in just a little while. Uh, but it, it teaches that the kingdom of heaven is not going to appear at once. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is already here, and it's invisible because it's within you. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we've talked about this for a pretty good amount of time. And, you know, most of us uh, are, are pretty, you know, we're pretty confident about the righteousness thing because we're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We've been saved. But where's the peace and the joy? You know, a lot, of, a lot of Christians just simply don't walk in that, don't experience that because they're not willing to be disciples, which is what it requires to enter into the kingdom of God. They're saved, but not disciples. And, and and the inside stuff is more important than the outside stuff. Yes, there is going to be a physical kingdom on the earth, but how many of you know you can be miserable in Disney World? How many of you have been miserable in Disney World? Probably around, yeah, probably, probably around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That place gets pretty, pretty rough around that, around that time of day. Uh, on the other hand, and believe it or not, you can have peace. You can even have joy at the DMV. Where is your faith? <laughs> there is literally a physical kingdom coming, and may it come quickly. 
However, it will come when it comes. And, and, I, th and I think one of the reasons why we want to see, let's see the kingdom come right now is we think, well, that's, that's a lot easier than discipleship. Let's just destroy the material universe and create something new. That, that's a whole lot. God doing that is a whole lot easier than, than us walking in obedience to God. And I wonder if we're right. I mean, God can do anything, but, you know, what do we know? What is different about this parable from, from the parable of the talents? Well, the, the most obvious thing is that uh, they all received the same amount this time. Last time they were given different amounts based on their, on their abilities, based on, on what they were able to do. Uh, but there's a sense in which we all receive equally. I mean, we've all been given life. We all have life. If you didn't have it, you wouldn't be here today. And it's a precious gift, not, not as precious as eternity. Uh, seriously, I mean, if the choice is between biological life and eternity, give biological life up like that, because eternity is, is, is worth more. But it's a precious gift, nonetheless. And what will we do with it? You know, what will we do with this, this mena that we have been given? And God, you see, looks at things in, in correct proportion. He looks at things not in the same way that we, that we look at it. And so Jesus, Jesus could, could stand uh, by the temple as he did one day and, and see people put money into the boxes. And I, I know Mario mentioned this, but I had it in my sermon before he mentioned it. So, you know, and see people put, put huge amounts into the boxes. And then, and then this woman come along and put in two two small coins and go, she put in more than all the rest of them, more than anybody else, because that's the way God looks at things. And we have a tendency uh, to not look at things that way. We have a tendency to look at the, at the little amount that we have and go, well, that, you know, it's not going to make any difference. I mean, my $2, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what, what is that to a $2,500 electric bill? You know, no, nobody's going to notice that. And let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we want to keep the we want to keep the electricity on. We'd like to have a nice place to meet. Uh, you know, we'd like to have programs for our kids and 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 things like that. And and that's great. I I, I want those things. But that's not why we give. That's not why we give. We give because we love God. And because we want to be obedient to him. And okay, $2 may not make a whole lot of difference in, in paying an electric bill or paying a mortgage, but it makes a huge difference in the eyes of heaven when God is looking and going, seeing things in the right proportion of the way that, that, that they really are. And those who are faithful with a little will be entrusted with much. I mean, this guy comes and, he, and, he's, and he's earned... Ten minas. I mean, that's 30 months worth of wages. That's, that's a pretty good chunk. He gets 10 cities for it. I, and, you know, and, and we're not talking about Millersville and, and Hohenwall here. Those, those, aren't, those aren't even cities. See, y'all didn't even know what Millersville was. That's where I grew up. Can anything good come out of Millersville? 
<laughs> you know, I mean, cities, he said. So there's, there's, much, there's, there's great reward. You know, you go, well, that doesn't, that doesn't really seem right. That doesn't really seem, that doesn't really seem, actually what we'd say is that doesn't seem fair. Of course, if it, if it doesn't seem fair against the other guy and in our favor, then that's as fair as it can possibly be. But, you know, if, if it's, it's kind of the other way around. We use the term fair. Uh, that's, that's a bad term to use because you can argue that thing around in a circle forever and ever and ever uh, concerning what's fair and, and who, who got what. God uses the term right. And how many of you know how to define right? Okay, what is right? Okay, I'll tell you how to define it. It's very simple. It's what God does. So I don't, I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's fair or not. It might not be, but it's right. Because he is right in all of his ways. All of his ways are, are, are true and right. He's righteous in everything that he does. So that's actually what the definition of right is. It's not what some religious leader does or says, or, what, what, or really even what some religious leader you know, tells you is right. It's what God does. That's, that's what is right. He may look at a, at, a, at a great king on a lavish occasion, eating off of gold dishes and, and, and drinking out of gold goblets and say, you've been found in a balance and found wanting. We've weighed you and you're not, you're not up to it. On the other hand, he may look at a foreign widow begging for the relief from her daughter and say, woman, you've got great faith. What you've asked will be done for you. No matter how much you may seem to have accomplished or, or seem to not have accomplished, he knows two things. He knows what you started out with. He knows how much you've been given. And listen, Everybody in this room has been given much. For many of you, you've been taught about Jesus from like here on up. You think that's an advantage? If it's not, then we need to quit teaching. You may not have all of the stuff that you want. You may be in a position where you need to take Financial Peace University. But... How blessed we are. How, how blessed. I mean, we, we live in a country that in our lifetime has never experienced any wars on its soil. We live in a country that has less than 10% 10, 10 of the world's population and controls over 30% of the world's wealth. And we're complaining because we don't have enough of it. Somebody else might get some of it. What's up with that? Uh, that's, I, I don't know if it's right or not, but it's not fair. <laughs> it's probably not right either. See, he knows how much you've been given because the, to whom much has been given, much has been required. And he also knows why you did it. Why, why did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it so that somebody would look at you and go, wow, that person sure did something for God. Uh, <clears throat> in that case, you have your reward. Nothing else is coming. Or did you do it just simply for the Father and it didn't matter whether anybody saw it or didn't see it or anything like that? You 
And, you know, what, what means did you use to get there? You know, we, we sometimes hear somebody will, somebody will say, I've, I've heard it a number of times, well, the mean, uh, you know, the, the end justifies the means. I mean, what got done, you know, justified the way we got there. Wrong. Lie. The means are the end. The means are the end. You cannot promote truth with a lie. You cannot promote love with hate. Means are the end. And no matter how little you may, you may seem to have, know this, he who is the judge of the universe sees, sees, and he will not despise it. The world will despise it. You may despise it. You may look at it and go, well, this is too little. This is too small. But you see, the whole world, that, that's world thinking, and, the, and it's under the control of the evil one, who is a liar and the father of all lies. When he lies, he speaks his native language. That small offering, that classroom helper. We go, well, I, you know, I, I, you know, I would, I'd, I'd, I'd work with those kids back there, but I don't think I'm qualified to teach. Can you help? Are you qualified to help? They need helpers. Okay, they, they may have people who can teach, but they can't teach 15 kids because there's only one of them. And how many of you have ever been in a room with 15 four-year-olds? Yeah. See what I'm talking about? Somebody take those sticks away. That smile. You know, no matter how, no matter how small it may be. And then this guy comes and, and he's <laughs> and he brought, I, I wrapped my mena in a cloth to save it for you. Here, you, you can have it back. You know, you can take the cloth too if you want to. Uh, I was afraid of you. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in. You reap what you did not sow. Now, there's a similarity. Here's a similarity because you had the same, the same, you had the same situation in the other parable. You got uh, uh, an unfaithful servant essentially blaming the master for his unfaithfulness. It's because of who you are is why I did what I did. The misinformation campaign, and we're, we're familiar with misinformation, right? Yeah, in, in, in this country and in, in, our, in our culture. There was a thing going around Facebook uh, back a little bit earlier in the summer, uh, uh, midsummer, whatever. Uh, and, you know, I don't spend much time, I don't really spend much time on Facebook, okay? But, you know, people, people would get this kind of stuff and pass it around and everything, uh, and it was about the, uh, the mayor of Minneapolis, the Muslim mayor of Minneapolis, canceling the 4th of July fireworks display, but allowing uh, the Muslims to have animal sacrifices in the, in the city's uh, stadium. <laughs> uh, you know, you could call that false news, but actually I call it a lie. Uh, and all you had to do was scratch a little surface a little bit because the mayor of Minneapolis is not uh, Anid Al-Ahmad. The mayor of Minneapolis is, is a guy named Jacob Fry. Not too many Muslims named Jacob. 
I mean, just think about it. I mean, even if your name is Bill, they're going to change it, but they're not going to change it to Jacob. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, and he didn't, by the way, cancel the 4th of July fireworks display. There was one, but why let facts get in the way of a good story? And yeah, the, the Muslims did hire out the, the, the stadium to have a, uh, a celebration for one of their things. But they didn't sacrifice any animals, but they're Muslims. <gasps> they, they have the state. They're taking over. Oh, pulling. Have you read Revelations? Do you know how it ends? Do, do, do you know who ends up as king? Do you know who ends up on top? The Lord Jesus Christ. Do you actually believe that? If you do believe that, you don't have to be afraid of anybody taking over. Somebody's going to take over, but we know him. We know who he is. The misinformation campaign about God has gone on for ages. And there is a serious misinformation campaign about God out there. First of all, God cannot take out what he has not put in because he's put in everything, okay? But even beyond that, he's not, he's not a hard man. He's righteous. Unfortunately, many, many who claim to, to know him are, are some of the most effective agents in spreading misinformation about him. I, I don't remember exactly what the, the metaphor was in the, in the song, but it was something about, if, uh, was it creation or something? Can show your nature, so will I. Do you understand that we're supposed to show the nature of God? L lead me in your love to, to people around me so that, I can, so that I can show who you are to them. While God is awesome in the true sense of the word, which means he is to be feared, no question about that. I'm not talking awesome like a video game. I mean, he is literally to be, to, to, to be feared. What he's truly awesome in is love. That's, that's what he's truly awesome in. I mean, God loved the world so much that he gave his son to die. A lot of you in here are parents, and most of you in here are probably parents. And uh, that changes everything. It changes your perspective on stuff. This last week, one of the, uh, I mean, one of the stories in the news really kind of got to me, kind of got under my skin. And it was about the guy in Colorado who allegedly, and I assume he did, but, you know, innocent until proven guilty, uh, murdered his wife and his four-year-old and three-year-old. I got a four-year-old and a three-year-old living next door to me, my grandsons. And man, I know what a four-year-old looks like. I know what a three-year-old looks like and how precious they are. God gave his son because he loves us. Because he, because he loves us so much. And, and he did that while we were his enemies. Romans says, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. Well, I can't love those people. They're the enemy. God did. I mean, you know, we're, we're, do we want to get right information out there or, or bad information out there? And, and those who are redeemed by him, those, those whom God has, uh, 
has, has restored, rescued. Will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Sorrow and sighing will flee far away from them. Uh, where's the joy? You know, some people, <clears throat> excuse me, some people really enjoy life, <laughs> but they don't enjoy their God. Well, gee, I don't know why I wouldn't want to be a part of that. Yeah, I, I've mentioned this before. The first six months I was here, nobody would crack a smile. I mean, some of my best material <laughs> just fell flat. And we've been working on this for 30 years now. And, and you know, you all have kind of warmed up a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. But joy in His presence is the fullness of joy. In his right hand are blessings forevermore. And I'm not saying you got to go around, you know, like this all the time, because there are times when you're going to be sad. This is life. This is life in a fallen world, okay? But if I'm building my life upon his love, it is a firm foundation. And that firm foundation includes joy, gladness. And, and know this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Uh, I got I to I get on my horse and ride here. Uh, Jesus, in this parable, he uh, starts out with this beautiful thing. A man of noble birth went to a far-off country to be crowned king. And be crowned king in return. And even though there were people who did not want him to be their king, didn't matter. He's going to be their king anyway. Why do the nations rage? Why do the peoples plot in vain against God and against his, his anointed king? And so Jesus was getting ready to go to the Father. Jesus left and, 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 and entered heaven. And I don't, know what it, I don't know what it looked like. I don't know what what it sounded like, I mean, it's, it's beyond our understanding. But I know that the psalmist said it was something like, Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. <gasps> oh, who is he, this King of glory? He's the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. And so as he did enter in, and because of what he did, God exalted Jesus to the highest place. It doesn't matter what, whether or not they wanted it. Exalted Jesus to the highest place. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And not only did he go away to be made king, he's coming back. Have you read Revelations? You know, when he comes back, he, you know, he's got this white horse and he's got a tattoo on his thigh. Yeah. And it says, King of kings and Lord of lords. It, the nations will become his inheritance. The ends of the earth will become his possession. He, he will dash them to pieces like pottery. He, he, he will rule them with a, with, a, with a rod of iron. And Daniel says over in Daniel 7 that his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is one that will not be destroyed. And that's, what Jesus was, that's what Jesus was talking about here. There, there are those who don't want him to be king. 
And in that time, there were those who didn't want to. Within days, they would be saying, we have no king but Caesar. We won't, we won't have this man rule over us. We want the world to rule over us. And there still are. And I wonder who they are. See, there's, there's something else about this parable that I, I, I guess I'd seen it and seen it and seen it and seen it and seen it, and it didn't really hit me. And, 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 and until this time, and I'm going, what about the others? Because you see, in that first parable, there were three people who were given resources. But in this one, there were ten. And we know what happened to three of them. What happened to the other seven? What's, what's that about? And I think that they're intentionally left blank. Because they're us. We are the others. And there are two questions that need to be answered. One, do you want this man to be your king? And I think probably most everybody here, certainly anybody who, who claims to be a Christian, would go, oh yeah, yeah, I want Jesus to be my king. Well, is he your Lord? I mean, you understand what a king does and gets to do. And if someone is your king, if someone is your Lord, then you obey them. I, I, I want him to be my king, you know, like when he comes back. I mean, right now it's kind of a little fuzzy, but they're the same thing. They're the same thing. And then the other question is, what are you doing with your mena? What, what are you doing with your life? Well, I'm trying to find myself. Well, don't find yourself, find him. You won't find yourself until you find him. Because that's where yourself is. That's where your completion is. Remember this. Jesus said, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. And that to everyone who doesn't have, even what they think they have will be taken away from them. What do you have? What do you have? Money. You know, there's not going to be any ATMs in heaven. No ATMs, no, no PayPal, no uh, checks, whatever those were, are. You know, it's not going to be any of that. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's already toast. Yeah. And so what do you have? If you have him, then you have everything and more will be given to you. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It has not entered into the mind of mankind what God has prepared for those who love him.